Hey, listen up. Dickies, the number one brand in performance workwear, knows that work is more than just what you do. It's also who you are. And just like pro athletes, your work is going to be judged by how you perform on the job. That's why Dickies Flex Work Pants and Shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional Satisfaction Guarantee. So you know that the Flex Series is made to work as hard as you do. Dickies Flex. Engineered to move. Engineered to last. Dickies Flex. Learn more at Dickies.com. That's Dickies.com. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. Absolutely insane weekend in the NFL. Joining me right now to break it all down, Trevor Price, RPO, episode number eight. Trevor, how was your weekend, man? How's your week going? Uh, it, was, it was, you know, it was going good until I got invited to a, a Ravens cornhole party like a like a no, the ravens called my house and they were like listen we're doing this cornhole thing for charity we want some ex-ravens and some new ravens to show up i was like sure and the guy that's helped running it coaches my son at his school and he coaches wrestling and football and i was like of course i'll come play some cornhole thinking i'd be important i show up there and like half of the ravens player the current ones are there i know none of these kids but even worse the one person i didn't know was justin tucker and I saw him, I'm walking through the crowd, and I see him passing me. I was like, what's up, Tuck? And this fucker proceeds to turn and look at me like he has no fucking idea who I am. And he looks at me like, he looks at me like, hey, big man, I hit you up later. And just, keep, and just walks past me. I was wow. like, okay, I've been big timed by the kicker. I'm now a NARP. <laughs> you know what a NARP is, Jim? No, normal talk ass to me. Regular, no. Normal ass regular person. That's what my daughter calls the kids at school that don't go to tennis practice. You're a NARP. Oh, man, that, that's absolutely incredible. The kicker, big league Jew. Oh. Do you know why he looked at you like he has no idea who the fuck you are, Trevor? Because he has no idea who the fuck you are. <laughs> that is insane. Perfect. Okay, let me I was, the biggest, I was lead, literally the biggest person there. I, was, and I, I left. He, his rookie, his first year was the year I retired. And, and he kicked for our team. And I was like, what's up, Tuck? And he just literally glided past me. Like he was on a conveyor belt. I was like, okay, my man, this is what, this is what we're doing. All right. Wow. So that's dude. how the week's been. Not only not only do current players do you like that, but kickers do you like that. But I'll give you this. He is a great kicker. Really quickly, before we get to what went down on the weekend, did you see any of your old former teammates? Was there anybody you were happy to see? Anybody else you ran into? I saw Arthur Jones. Hmm. I saw Chandler Jones' brother. I saw him. I talked to him for a little bit. I saw Brad Jackson. Uh, other than that, we were th the three old clowns in the building. But Arthur just retired. Arthur just, well, I think he retired like last year or something like that. Arthur is huge. Did you welcome Arthur, me, Did you welcome him to being a NARP? I did not yet because he he's still kind of playing status a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like everybody still knows Arthur. When you're four, five, six, seven years out, that's when you could start NARPing it up. And I am <laughs> I am NARPing hard, my man. NARP up. <laughs> That's great. All right, so let's keep it right there in the AFC North. All hell is breaking loose. Trevor in Cleveland where Hugh Jackson's out, Todd Haley's out. Both these guys went today. Did the organization get it right, and why do you think they did what they did? Okay, so as you know, every week you guys send me a rundown of saying, okay, this is things, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you want to talk about this week in RPO? And one of the things I put in it, as you saw, was, the Browns better be very careful. And I said this last week, the same exact thing. Expectations. As you show some kind of, of, of um, getting better, if you so, show some kind of progress, you now become measured by that progress and not the shit you put on film the last two seasons. So what happens when you're in all these overtime games that you should have won and you win two games and you tie the Pittsburgh Steelers and all of a sudden it's a bye week and the offensive coordinators is calling random-ass plays that Hugh Jackson did not know was in the playbook, this is what happens. Did they get it right as far as what going forward with Baker Mayfield needs? No, they didn't because the team did not quit on them. The team plays hard. They should have won a bunch of games. They have bad kickers, and that is John Dorsey's fault. The kicker is John Dorsey's fault. It is not Hugh Jackson's fault. How do you coach a kicker? You say, go ahead and fucking kick. That's how you coach a kicker. You have to draft a kicker. So they don't have a kicker or else they'd be five and two or or four and three or something like that, right? 
So getting it right has nothing to do with football. It has to do with dysfunction. Because if you don't have rules and you don't have regulations inside a building with a whole bunch of young dudes making money and a whole bunch of old dudes making money past the retirement age, you wind up with the mess that becomes the Browns. This, I think this has nothing to do with what's going on on the field. Nothing. The, right. the, the game is already hard. The game's already hard enough. Their facility, last time I was there when they brought me in for a, for a visit, is across from a junkyard. That's why I remember it, right? And the facility looks weird, and it's, it's hard enough being a Browns football player when you're not winning games. Now imagine if we can't all stick together inside this building, and all of a sudden we start finger-pointing inside. That becomes a problem, and the owner was like, we ain't doing this. I'll just get rid of all y'all. All right, so Trevor, then where does that leave them? As an example, look, I understand why Todd Haley was on the wrong side of Hugh Jackson and vice versa. This is Haley. He's on the wrong side of everybody. Good coach, but this is what he does. So if Hugh Jackson says, I want you to come work here and you get total autonomy, you can do what you want with the offense, don't be surprised when the guy does whatever the hell he wants with the offense, and then all of a sudden <laughs> he wants to change the rules of engagement. That's not going to work. But let me ask you this, though, Trevor. What what do you do going forward? Because I agree with you. I think that job is much more attractive than it used to be because of the talent they have on the field, but you still have that dysfunction in ownership and or the front office. How attractive a job is that for a head coach? I, I think it's going to be a damn attractive job for a college coach. I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to have to hire – everybody's going to do the Sean McVay thing. Everybody's going to find some kid who learned how to call plays from fucking PlayStation. It's coming, my man. It is coming. They have to get these kids that are, that are imaginative, that do different things, that, that kind of reset what the game can be and what the game is. So that's what they have to do. They have to find somebody that is young. Um, and, and young okay, young's the wrong word. They have to find somebody talented. He doesn't have to be head coach material as far as being organized and all those type of things. Watch Sean McVay his first year. When the defense played, he went and sat down. He went and sat. He, would, he wasn't even paying attention. He sat down and looked up at the screen like I sit down when I sit down and watch the offense. So you have, they have to find somebody like that. It's not going to be Lincoln Riley. He's not going to take that job because it's too stupid a job. Because Blake, I mean, um, uh, the, Blake, Baker was his quarterback. And if it doesn't work, they're going to say he's a bad coach. So it won't be him. But it's going to be one of these young dudes in college. I know who I look at, to be honest, and I'm uh, Cliff Kingsbury at uh, Texas Tech. Hmm. I'd hire him. That's the guy I'd hire. That's the first guy i go to. He knows Baker from a long time ago. He, th- he has an offense that probably can't be stopped in the NFL, and he's young, and he will galvanize the city a little bit. Do you think? That's think, who they need to Trevor, do, do you think that? I mean, that guy has been in trouble at Texas Tech. That guy's been rumored to be on the verge of losing his job at Texas Tech. Do you really think he could fall forward that far and get an NFL yes. head coaching job? Absolutely, I do, because the, the, the Browns need somebody who's innovative. They do not need to go out and do the Mike, McCarthy, uh, the Mike McCoy thing again. Mike McCarthy is going to get fired. Do not hire Mike McCarthy. Do not hire Mike McCarthy. I don't care what his playbook says. I don't care what his background is. Do not hire him. You have to find somebody that does something different because you drafted a five foot eleven quarterback. Not all things are the same. You have to draft some. You have to find somebody who is used to working with a five foot eleven quarterback, which is either the guys that the five foot eleven quarterback played for or the guys in New Orleans. Them is your choices, and the guys in New Orleans ain't available. So you know, that's what they have to do to you, me. You know to me, the, it has to be it has to be a swing for the fences, Jim. You know, you uh, okay, I, I have it. I have your swing for the fences. Now I'm not saying this guy's got a history of working with five foot eleven quarterbacks, but he has a history of doing things differently, and it would be a swing for the fences. How about freaking Lane Kiffin? Oh, now you're talking. Now you're talking, mommy. Okay, story time. Story time. Lane story Kiffin. time. I love story time. Hit me. This is a this is a this is a quick one. You brought his name. My parents live. Um, in Boynton Beach, Florida, right? Kind of in between uh, Delray and Fort Lauderdale area. So next door, my dad calls me one day and says, you would not believe who lives next door to us. I said, who? He said, fucking Lane Kiffin. I said, you're shitting me. <laughs> Lane Kiffin, wow. I could spit on his house from my parents' house. So every time I went down there, I'm looking at the car. I'm like pulling up. I'm like, where the hell's Lane Kiffin? We would see his kids. We'd see his kids running around. We never saw him. So apparently... He moved out of the house, and the people that ran into him went back in, and they said, Lane Kiffin and his family 
made a goddamn mess of the house. Oh, wow. So you never <laughs> hung out with him. You didn't have no, Mil- no Miller High Lives, no Heinekens. <laughs> Nothing. I, I, I went down there looking for him every day. Every time I went down, I was him. like, where is Lane Kiffin? That's too bad. I mean, I like that story, but I would have liked it so much more if it had gotten around to you guys hanging out at the dock, throwing some beers down. Oh, uh, yeah. Lane Kiffin yeah, talks shit like but, Lane but, that, but that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of the circle that, like, I'm the son and, like, that kind of shit happens in my life. My parents live next to Lane or Kiffin. Or almost like, happens. Bro. Almost happens in your life. That didn't happen right. in your life. That shit did not happen <laughs> if you did not encounter him. All right, Trevor, so let me get your sense of what happened to Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville goes to the AFC Championship game last year. Blake Bortles is pretty much your favorite football player ever. ever. They take apart the Pats earlier this season. They literally look like they're the team to beat in the AFC. And then they go to London. They mess the bet again. They lose their fourth straight. And they get guys arrested in the process. 30 days ago, <laughs> we were going to give them the freaking Lombardi. What the hell happened to these guys? There's a couple of things. Let me go back to Blake Borders, my favorite player ever. So I'm watching the game, and I'm watching the end of the game, and people have always talked about his throwing motion. Now, I've said this on the show before, Jim. I am no quarterback guru, but I know that when I watch Blake Borders throw a football, he throws a football as he's hit, like he's hitting a tennis ball. And I wish I was standing in front of you because what, what American men do when they hit a forehand, they lift their elbow really high and turn their wrist outside. And when the ball comes, they kind of drop everything and flip it around like they're making like a uh, like they're almost flipping a pizza, right? Blake Borders throws a ball like that. He lifts his right elbow higher than his hand. The ball turns kind of upside down, and he flips it all above his head. And it takes a long time to do that. Watch Tom Brady throw the ball. It is more traditional. I bring the ball up by my head, and I lift my arm and I throw it forward. Blake Borders, the ball is down by his chest, but just way out to his right. So his mechanics look weird to me. I don't know if it works, but I know it takes a long time to throw that ball. And when you take a long time to throw the ball, DBs break on it. The second thing is, Jim, their offensive system is a piece of shit. It just is. Play calling, when people say play calling is bad, has nothing to do with the calls you're playing, the plays you're calling. It has to do with the way the plays are designed. He is always throwing to a, a, a covered man. Watch the Rams' offense work. Watch the, uh, the Saints' offense work. Hell, watch the Ravens' offense work. There are times there are receivers wide open. When was the last time you saw Blake Borders throw to a guy that's wide open? He misses the guys that are covered. Those are facts. So I think the first thing you have to do, the Jacksonville Jaguars have to do, is fire their offensive coordinator. I, I, let, me, let me go back. I don't like calling for, the, for that job, but they need a better offensive coordinator. Or they need their guy to get better. And the, my fix, my fix, again, now, now me, you're going down this road. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer goes on the radio and goes on TV, and every time he talks, I listen. I don't listen to a lot of people, but the one thing Trent Dilfer said that I did not realize, he said, look, some of these guys that are coaching NFL, head coaches and offensive coordinators, are just aren't smart people. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And he just caught, like, he would have named names, but you kind of know who he's talking about. He said, they know people. It doesn't mean they're good at their job. So if, if you know that, that means you know how to be good at it. If I was them, if I was the Jaguars, I would throw a bunch of money at Trent Dilfer, come in here and fix Blake and fix our offense. Hmm. So in other words, there are some guys who are good at getting jobs, but not necessarily good at getting their job, or doing their job, I should say. And that's high praise for Trent Dilfer. All right, now what about this? Speak to this. These guys go to London, and they hit it pretty hard. They go to a club, and depending on which report you believe, Trevor, they either incurred a bill of 50 grand, 60 grand, 64 grand. There was a dispute over the bill. Guys were squaring up on the bouncers. Look, I'm not saying the dudes, <laughs> right? I'm not saying the dudes won't go out. I'm not saying the dudes won't have a good time. But if you're going to go all the way to London, you and I both know this. If you've taken that trip, that trip is a kick in the balls without even having to get on the football field. How do you justify going out and hitting it that hard? And not only hitting it that hard, Trevor, but then getting into a dispute over the bill, calling attention to yourself and getting arrested when your season is already ripping apart. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple, there's a whole bunch of things to unpack with this. Number one, let's talk about the money, right? A $64,000 bill in U.S. dollars, three or four guys can handle that. Like, I've been a part of that, right? Well, look, everybody's pulling up the 10 grand. This is what we got to do, right? Like, I remember we were out somewhere one time. Yeah, I give me an example of how that up. went down. Trevor, how did that, tell me a night where you were responsible for 10 or 15 or 20 gur and oh, how that went down and was it worth it? Uh, let me see. In Denver, one time there used to be this club uh, called Jimmy's, which which is just like a regular. It's like a bar almost, right? 
So, of course, we get in there one night, and it's like a Thursday night, and we're, I think we were undefeated. It was like my second year, and it's a whole bunch of dudes in there and a whole bunch of people, and somebody says, we're going to buy the bar. And I'm like, sure, let's buy the bar, right? Not thinking that people are going to drink shit other than beer. So champagne starts coming out and um, scotch and all this stuff, and none of us are drinking it. That's the problem. That's when it becomes a problem because all of us are saying we have practice in the morning. In the morning, so if I get two or three beers in me, I'm pretty good for the night. Like I'm gonna go home and I gotta get up at 7 a.m. to get the practice. We get the bill, and it's like seventy-eight thousand dollars, and there's four. There's like three of us, and I would say I had just got paid, so I was like, "All right, boys, pony up." But everybody's like, "What do you mean pony up?" I said, "Well, there's four of us. We decided to buy the bar. Let's get this money in." And that's when it becomes a problem. I wind up paying half of it. While the other three little young dudes who had no money put in the other half. No, but you, so are, I, you, but you have a Trevor. That's you were, happened before. Trevor, you were a young dude. You were only in your second year. You were one of the yeah. young dudes. And who, but who I, but drank I, but, but here's the thing, grand Jim. worth of stuff? Jim, I was a first-round pick. Uh-huh. And between me and the other guy that was a third-round, that was a fifth-round pick, that was a um, defensive lineman, we had a deal. I said, you do all the manual labor, I'll pay for everything, right? Mm, right. So, so the guy that had to go get the chicken, you get the fucking chicken. I'll give you the 100 bucks to get the chicken. That's what we did. That's what I, I was. A, I was a first round pick. So I was like, you know, this is how this is how it works. Now, the thing about what they did when they got the bill, it did not say sixty four thousand dollars. It said sixty four, sixty five thousand pounds, which is ninety thousand dollars. You see what I'm saying? Yo, how do you Lost know that, though? Trade. How do you how do you how do you know what the bill said? It, 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 I read it somewhere. They said that the bill was sixty four K because if they're fighting over a bill, Jim. It's sixty four thousand pounds. I, I think I think Trevor, it was fifty thousand pounds, sixty four thousand U.S. dollars, according Are to that reports. What you're saying? I think so. Yes, I think I, so. I, I read I read and, the sixty four thousand too, and I was like, if it's sixty four, that is ninety G's. Right. So then right. I wonder. So you think they were fighting over it because it wasn't sixty four; it was ninety. I wonder. I saw one report, Trevor. See if this makes sense to you. That some drinks were sent over. You know, how guys get guys oh, might yes. be like, "Oh, it's comped, it's comped. Let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going." And then at the end of the night, the actual bill comes. Now I'm not saying right. that's how that went down, but is that conceivable? Oh yeah, well, hundred percent conceivable. But the thing is, why were you there? Right. That's that that lost in all the translation about. How much this is and how much they weren't. It is Saturday night. You're playing Sunday. It's four o'clock in the morning. Saturday, Friday is not the day you tie one on. You tie one on on Mondays because you got Tuesday off and you tie it on on Thursday. I have walked into many a practice on a Friday morning out of my gorge. But practice on Fridays is just with helmets. Or if John Elway was, was, he had tied one on, we're not wearing helmets today. Just go outside. (laughs) We're just going outside, right? So, that Friday practice is, is is recovery day. So now you have Friday and Saturday, you travel Saturday, you're okay Sunday. So Monday and Thursday, them is your days. Them is your days you get to go at it. Saturday night, four o'clock in the UK. What in the fuck? That's not that's not indicative of somebody that has some kind of leadership. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the coach and Tom Coughlin. If you if you have to say that to your guys, you have the wrong guys. You know, and not only that, but John Elway, John Elway is not their quarterback. Blake Bortles is their quarterback. And since you mentioned John Elway, what about, let me just jump ahead of this really quickly. What about the Broncos? How about that scene involving Chad Kelly and your former team, the Broncos? I mean, Kelly was the last player taken in the draft. He's got a guy, you have a guy with a rap sheet as long as a CVS receipt. This guy was actually on the verge of starting Trevor until he melts down at a team party before he gets picked up for criminal trespass later on that night. You played with John Elway. What do you think Elway was thinking when he found out what happened? You know, John has has gone through like his own kind of things while we were while we were teammates, right? So, you know, he, he sold all his car dealerships. He got divorced. You know what I mean? Like, I know his family. Like, you meet his family. So, like, his his son, Jack, had gotten some trouble. We knew his dad. His family was always around. He he was basically the third owner of the team between Pat Bolin, the little piece Mike Shanahan might have had, and the rest of it belonged to John Elway, right? So his family was always around. So I've seen what how that, how that kind of um, not affected him, but – what that looked like in the press, especially when his son started getting in trouble at Arizona State, with little Jack, when Jack Elway started getting in trouble. And I saw what that looked like, right? So I'm sure as soon as he heard about Chad Kelly, 
it was an instant decision. There was no thought behind it. I could tell you right now, it was like, oh, well, that's we're moving on from that. And he might have yelled at the guy and brought him in, that type of thing. What I want to know is, what were you doing where you wind up like this? That that's not beer. Like you don't have there's not enough scotch in the world to let me walk into somebody's random house and sit on their couch. And plus the place they're at, where Von Miller lives, you can't just get in those people's houses. Hell, you can't get in a fucking neighborhood. You know what I mean? Those type of places. This is not, you know, a random suburb where you trick or treat house to house. The houses are far apart and the houses are big and everything's expensive. You had to make a decision. As Chad Kelly had to make a decision to walk into that house. Now, what were you on that helped you make that decision? That's the question. We not, not Heineken. No, it wasn't Heineken, nor was it Miller Lite. No. You know, you mentioned a house party. So that was Von Miller's party, and apparently he was disruptive there. He was making trouble there. Have you ever, when you look back on your career, you go to these house parties, right? Teammates have parties. Did you ever attend a party and did anything? Did you ever get on the wrong side of anybody? Did anybody get on the wrong side of you? Anything like that? Let me give you Trevor Price story time. I like Here it. We go. I like it. Good. All right. So I think it was 2004, or right before I went to the Ravens. Terrell Davis used to live in this. He lived in a like a like something that should have been should have been in Cosmopolitan magazine. Like he lived on a hill near the facility. His house oversaw not just Denver, the entire state of Colorado. Mm. Like if you looked west, you saw the mountains. If you looked east, you saw downtown Denver. It was like the highest point in the state. It was like Pikes Peak, where his house was. He built a beautiful house there. He lived by himself. So we always had these parties way back when he was he was single. We were young, you know, everybody was having making money and this and the other. So here's a little thing, right? I'm like, I'm not staying long because I got somewhere else to go. I got something else to do. So I drive up to the party. Half the team is there, right? Whole bunch of people and people having a good time and looking outside. I leave. I just left. I was like, yeah, this is fun. I don't want to get drunk and drive home. So I, I drive my Ferrari home. The next day, somebody calls me and says, did you punch Brian Greasy in the face? Cool. I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, come back again. They said, they, they said it is going around that you slug Brian Greasy in the face because he throws too much interceptions. <laughs> I said, I said, A, I would like to do that. <laughs> B, I did, B, I did not do that. So this is though the off season, Jim. I come into work that like a couple of days later, go work out. Brian Greasy's face is swollen up like somebody punched him in the face, right? And I'm like, what the hell happened? Nobody wants to tell me. So I didn't say anything about it. I said, I'm just going to laugh at everybody. I'm leaving it alone because obviously some shit happened. From what I heard, <laughs> what happened was Brian Greasy gets drunk and decides to have a race down Terrell Davis's driveway. Now, I just told you how high up his house is. Imagine how far down his driveway goes. Dude, he took a header. He took a header, didn't he? He fell. And, and apparently face planted face first on this 90 degree incline of a driveway. And that's how he busted up his face. Now, ever since that day where it went around, I punched Brian Greasy in the jaw. I've never told anybody I did not. I never told no, anybody. Right. I was like, Absolutely. I'm going to let this urban legend live on. Now I'm confessing the truth. Oh, I love I that. Not there. Trevor, I don't know which part of that story I like better. The fact that you gave him the hands or that he got blasted and tried to race somebody down the driveway. I wonder who he was running against. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, that guy didn't run me, that well. I was like, I was like, I did what? They said, yeah, you slow. It was in the paper. Uh-huh. It was in the paper. Did you just go? I I neither confirm nor deny it. Or if it's in the paper, it must be true. Yeah, I just I said like, I'm gonna leave this thing alone. I'm gonna see how far I'm gonna see how far we get with this. <laughs> and you wanted to, Trevor. I didn't know that you were such a big car guy. So when you had that Ferrari back in the day, number one, you're a big dude. Were you able to get? behind the wheel of that car. And number two, that's not an easy car to drive. That could not have been your daily driver. All right, story time again. Okay. So in between my last year, I held out a camp one year because I was like, look, I'm the lowest paid person in defense, and I'm the best player in this defense. So y'all need to fix this. So when they finally fixed it, they gave me a bunch of money, right? And I was like, I'm going to buy. I, I, I hadn't signed my contract yet. So I'm in Orlando at my parents' house, right? I go home every offseason. I stay at my parents'. Uh, I, I think I rented a car or something like that. Me and my buddy go to the park and play basketball. Just, I mean, in our shorts and dirty high tops and whatever I got, every Denver Broncos things I got on. We're driving back, and there's a Ferrari dealership in Orlando you can see from the street. And I was like, hey, let's go over there and look at the Ferraris. And, you know, whatever. Like, thinking nothing of it. 
So I'm, I walk in a dealership. I'm standing there in a dirty fucking T-shirt, untied Jordans, and these big, you know, little Bow Wow shorts or whatever the hell I'm wearing. And <laughs> nobody's talking to me. You bet. Nobody will say you anything to me. You know it. Uh, I know it. I'm, nobody will say anything to me. Because you, so, you can't afford what's there. No, I can't afford what's in that store. Absolutely not. So I'm standing next to a, a, the car that I wound up buying, and a little Italian man jumps out of it, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, screaming at the salesperson in Italian. The salesperson in Italian speaks a little Italian, and basically what he was saying was, I did not order this car with paddle shifters. I wanted a, I wanted, um, a stick shift. Yep. So he doesn't want the car. Yes. So the Italian man stormed out. You know what I turned to the guy and said? I'll buy it. <laughs> that was that was a shock of their life. And I got in the car. It had racing seats. I fit in it. And I walked. I drove it out of that goddamn dealership that way in my dirty Jordans and my little Bow Wow shorts. And I paid for it cash. That is, that's incredible. That is an amazing story. <laughs> and you know what else? I actually know a little something about that car. And you and I, I didn't even know that story. You and I have never talked about that. But here's what I do know. There was a time, and I don't know now, but back in the day, because I used to kind of hang out with some guys that liked that sort of thing. The paddles were a big, big thing, and nobody wanted a stick. Nobody wanted a stick, and they were hard to find, and everybody wanted the paddles. And that little old guy wanted the stick. Yeah, the little guy wanted the stick. And But when you, when you drove, and Ferrari still does this to this day, they make their cars so big people can drive them, right? right? Because they know in America, mostly it is big people buying these cars, these athletes, right? So there was no piece in between where the, where the, where the center console was. Right. It was like the top console was not connected to the center one. So if you're really tall, you could spread your legs and still drive the car. Like LeBron James had a Ferrari for a long time, a convertible Ferrari. I still don't know how he fit in it, but he's six feet bigger than I am, right? So if you had a paddle shifter, you didn't have to deal with the clutch. You didn't have to deal with the center console stuck to it. But my car had racing seats in it, which means it was basically set six inches further back if I rolled the seat all the way back, Jim, I couldn't touch a steering wheel. Yeah. Right. It was gigantic inside. I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. And 15, later, 15 minutes later, I drove out with it. Yeah, and the guy, was like, the guy was like, let me show you how to work. I said, get, out, get the hell out of my I got car. This. I drove off with it. I got this. You're like, I got this. I'm paying cash for it. I got this. One last thought about it. the car. You know what I love, too? But the thing about that gearbox, Trevor, what I loved about that thing, they had like that aluminum. You could rattle that thing through there, man. That sounded awesome. It sounded yeah. bitching. Like, people just didn't like it. But I love the way you could throw that thing into gear and just rattle it through the box. Anyway, people will hate us for having that conversation, but car got a <laughs> car got a car guy. I feel you. I respect it. I really do. Trevor, you mentioned, or maybe you didn't mention, or you did, but I'm going to mention it nonetheless. Green Bay and the Rams. A shootout came right down to the end of the game, but the Packers don't get that last shot because Todd Gurley did not try to go into the end zone at the four-yard line. What do you make of that? That that is the reason why I, I want to I want I'm gonna get past the jokes anyway in this minute for the Rams and I thought they were gonna self explode self implode that's the reason they're not gonna implode because of him because again remember he is Walter Payton meets Lawrence Taylor and with Lawrence Taylor the last thing Lawrence Taylor would have done was taken a knee when he sees the end zone standing in front of him and he could lead the league in touchdowns so therefore whatever culture they have Sean McVay and that team has set if if he buys in that everybody buys in because he's by far the best player in the team. And I'm in, I'm counting the defensive tackle that has 10 sacks in eight fucking games, which is beyond me. And I was a defensive tackle, and I was very good at it. But Jesus Christ, I've never seen that. He has 10 sacks in eight games. He is a six-foot-one tall defensive tackle. He is not the best player in the team. Todd Gurley is. And if Todd Gurley sees pay dirt because if he scores – the, the Packers can't win, no matter what happens. You know what I mean? But they called it Rolex or whatever they call it, and he decides to lay down on the floor so that we keep the ball, and you can see Sean McVay's face. Sean McVay, that was the biggest call of his life because he realized right then that his star player has bought into it. And Sean McVay, his face is scrunched up, and he's intense as all can be. He's already won the goddamn game, but the fact that his star running back laid down made him – that much prouder as a football coach. So therefore, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by my prediction that the Rams are either gonna go 16 and 0 or 8 and 8. 
That wasn't your your prediction was they were going to implode. That was your prediction. That's true. But but uh, well, we're getting rid of that one. They either just, go sixteen and zero, or eight. They either going to lose the next eight or win the next eight. All right. <laughs> so I, I guarantee they're not going to lose the next eight. I can't say they're going to win the next eight, but I know they won't lose the next eight. Trevor, be very clear about this because you got people who are really really pissed. You've got people who had a fantasy connection. You've got people who got down legally. Maybe they bet the spread. Maybe they bet the over under, and they got jammed. They got screwed. What I'm hearing from you, and I agree with it. If this is your take. He did the right thing, didn't he? 100%. 100%. They have a call called Rolex. That's what you read about it. It's called Rolex. It means you want to keep the ball as much time as we can. He did the right thing. Damn your fantasy. Damn your bets. This is what our team does. This is what matters to us. This is what matters to me. He's not going to make any more money with that touchdown than he already makes. He's going to be the highest paid running back in the league. for the next six Trevor, or seven years. Trevor, how about this? I agree with you except for this. What about if he gets that touchdown? What if there's the difference between – that touchdown's the difference between him being a league MVP or that touchdown's the difference between him being the offensive player of the year? I mean, literally, that touchdown could have meant that, something. That, that, that touchdown's going to be the reason why he is league MVP or offensive player of the year because you give it to the people who don't – you give it to the people who don't need it. You see what I'm saying? If he's chasing touchdowns, that means he's chasing that. He's chasing that. He's chasing those accolades. And it's not like, ah, you're being obvious with it. But if he's if he decides, pay dirt's in front of him. Like, if it's me, guess what your boy does? Runs directly to the fucking end zone, right? You're not hearing but Rolex. Just, Rolex is not in your playbook. It's on no, your no, wrist. No, Rolex is what you wear. I don't know what the hell that means. I'm I, going to play dirt. That's what I said. But, Rolex is not in your playbook. It's on your wrist. No, no, it's on my wrist. But if he does it, the way he did it, I mean, and there was nobody in front of him, but he stopped and kept the ball. That's what makes him an MVP. Moving on. Trevor, Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston had himself a day and a really bad one at that. Four picks, benched. Ryan Fitzpatrick busts out with some more Fitz magic, and today was named the starter for the upcoming weekend. Where does that leave Jameis Winston, and how did he look to you after that game? Man, you know something? I I, I, I love coming on here, Jim, and, and kind of – giving players the, you know, needling people and kind of not making fun of people or, or that kind of thing, but just, just cracking some jokes, right? Like I'm in a locker room. The way that this kid looked after the game, I have never seen that look in a professional athlete's face. Never? Like, no, never, never. I've never seen it on an athlete's face. The, the look in his eye when he stood up in there and says, the ball was all over the place and I can't do that. His mouth was saying one thing. His eyes were saying, I'm really fucked up right now. And, and it's, not a, it's not a mental thing or some kind of, like the thing that Ever, Everson Griffin went through. It's not, it's not that. It is, it is simply a kid who is, who is uh, um, searching for confidence and some guidance. You know what I mean? He's searching for that. I read a thing this morning where they say when Dirk Cutter, when the, when the Bucks were going to draft him, Dirk Cutter went to a board with them, and they were on the board, and they were talking about it, and he says, and he says, Jameis Winston was like, I'm not afraid to, play, to throw any ball. And Dirk Cutter said, you should be. But it looks like he still isn't. Now, what I want to know is this, and I'm not trying to be funny. Has anybody tested this kid to think to see if he's colorblind? You know what I mean? The Vinny Testaverde thing. I played with a quarterback at Clemson named Neilon Green, who, who's the Vinny Testaverde thing. I, 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 it's a real thing, right? So there's something processing when he when he throws a football or what his eyes see that he's not seeing something is it colors is it depth perception what is it i, I would like to say something funny but i can't you, not, you, not the way he looked so i just you, can't i fucking think, can't bring myself to do it you think that he's that out of sorts that you would speculate that he might be actually colorblind 100 percent, jim jim you saw it i mean jesus christ my, my mother can't play football but she knows how to throw the ball to the guy in other color in the other jersey like she knows that. Yeah. How? Anybody in the world knows that. Trevor, so how, I, I, go back to Vin, go back to that Vinny Testaverde thing. How in the world could you play quarterback and be colorblind? <laughs> Nobody knows and do it for twenty years, right? Nobody knows. No, I mean uh, I'm not trying to be funny either. I mean I mean I mean really. Right. If everybody's right. wearing the same uniform, how do you know who to throw it to? Right. Uh, well, here's the thing. I've been through that twice. So when I was a kid, Vinny Tercerverde was a quarterback at Tampa Bay, and I'm from Orlando. That was the closest thing we had to a football team was the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they were awful. And when I was at Clemson, we had a quarterback named Neilon Green who was colorblind and would not put in his contacts. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Huh. So I, if you watch Jameis Winston play sometimes, you see him squinting. 
Why is he squinting? Why is he squinting? What is he, what is he looking at? There's something in his eyes that either he's not putting in his contacts. There's something with his vision because th- that is egregious. Well, it is egregious. Wouldn't we not have known by now? I mean, that that guy being who he is and where he's played and where he was selected, if there was something as significant as colorblindness, wouldn't we know that by now? I, I I don't know. I don't know. I just know, look, my, my vision was really bad until I got LASIK. And, and there's something with his vision that's not right. I, I, I want to go back. I want to go back to the Green Bay uh, LA Rams game. So Ty, Montgom- Ty Montgomery, what the fuck are you doing? But I have a story. So when I was at Michigan, dude, I don't want uh, you to run through. I do not want you to run through all your stories in one episode. I oh, love. No, 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 no. I, I love I, TP a story time. Of them. I have I have a new one every day. Man, I was big time by the kicker three days ago. It happens every day, Jim. Okay. So I'm at I'm at University of Michigan, and everybody remembers the Michigan Colorado game. I was on the field for that game. If you look, if you watch that Hail Mary that, that um, Cordell Stewart threw, I'm the right defensive end that Tony Birdie kind of slammed on his head. Huh. But I had beaten Tony Birdie around the corner, and the running back hit me, and they, him and Rashawn Slam just beat me up, right? So I'm standing there, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Throw. So Cordell throws the goddamn ball. It is going. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is a, that's a hell of a throw. This guy's a strong arm. And then all of a sudden, I see commotion because – Whoever that was, I forget who was caught the ball, right? So we're in the film session on Sunday, Sunday, and we're watching the film, and the entire defense is sitting there, and Coach Lloyd Carr is our defensive coordinator, and it is dead silent. I hear a pin drop because we all know the play's coming, right? It is dead silent. We watch the play, we watch it, Coach Carr reminds it back again, and in the back of the meeting room, all you hear was this. My roommate realized that Ty Law, instead of knocking the ball down, tried to catch the interception. It bounced off his pads. Instead of knocking it down. Game. Right. Instead of knocking it down, he tried to catch the goddamn ball. <laughs> <laughs> In the end zone against Colorado. Wow. He tried to catch the fucking ball. That is what Ty Montgomery yesterday became. He became Ty Law trying to catch the fucking ball in the end zone. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm a big Ty Montgomery fan. Ty Law turned out all right. And I don't believe you don't remember who caught that ball because I do. It was Michael freaking Westbrook. It was Michael Westbrook, who, by the way, has the strongest hands I've ever seen in a human being. Me and him got to tussling one day, uh, Denver playing Washington, and he karate chopped my wrist. And I was like, I'm not touching this motherfucker ever again in my life. So you can imagine what happened to Stephen Davis that day, whatever happened oh, to Stephen Davis that oh, day, right? It, look, uh, Jim, none of that surprised me. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's about right. <laughs> Seriously, so another dude, and, and I mean, Trevor, you're a pretty strong dude, a pretty big dude. Another dude did that to you and said, I'm never touching that guy ever again. Oh He's that God. strong? We were t- we, a wide Broncos receiver were, did you like that? We were playing Washington, and all of a sudden something happened, and we were all pushing and shoving or something like that. And like, I grabbed him like, hey, listen, little son of a bitch. And he karate chopped me somehow with some, some you know, strike me in my throat kind of thing and hit my goddamn my arm, my hand kind of shocked a little bit and went limp, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get out of this pile. Let me ask you something. Did he, did he hit you on the wrist? Did he, like, did yes. he chop straight down the wrist? Yes, he chopped yes, like, I know up and that down move. at the same time, like really quickly. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Do you know what? It's <laughs> funny you say that because I knew a dude. He, he passed away. He was a Navy SEAL, a guy by the name of Richard Makowitz, and I used to train with him. He was a black belt. He taught me that move. He's like, I'm, I'm going to show you something that you do that neutralizes a lot of guys. Listen to this. Bigger and stronger than you, you strike like this. That's exactly what that guy did to you, and you went One. numb, and you're like, I don't want any more any part of this guy. No, no, none. I wanted no parts of him. I was I like to this day, I'll never forget it because it, he hit me so fast and so hard in a certain part of my wrist and my arm, my right. hand was tingling and it went kind of numb and fell. And I was like, okay, I got to realize, can I get in a stance right now? Like what's going on? And it went, it went away and I tackled him later on, but I wasn't going to grab him anymore. I was like, Mm-mm, done with this. I one. mean, that, that was a big wide receiver, a physical dude, but that was still a wide receiver that did you like that on the D line. And you, today, Trevor, you have stories for days. I could keep going, but let me ask you this before we get to one man's fantasy and your pick. Halloween is Wednesday. You have kids. I have to know what's Halloween like at the Price House? Are you going to throw on an old gamer, cocktail up, and walk the streets or what? <laughs> All right. So, so where we live, every year we get weird ass weather, right? So the first year we were here, I couldn't wait. My first of all, the the neighborhood I live in, 
has a hill that looks like the hill that Andre Agassi ran up every day in Vegas when he got <laughs> right, real good. Right. Like I, ha- I have one of those in front of my house. Right. So what we usually do is we rent a bunch of golf carts and we drive around the neighborhood taking the kids trick or treating. My two daughters are too old to do it. My son is just not too old to do it. Last year he was Luke Cage. He wore a yellow shirt and a blue pair of jeans. Nobody knew who he was. He was really angry at my wife, and he was like, this year, I'm not doing anything. We were like, yo, want to be a box of ramen noodles or something funny. He's like, I'm not dressing up. Like, he's about to be 13, so whatever. Oh, well, dude, dude, we're going through the same thing. My son's 13 and wants to throw on a mask, and my wife's all over him like, that's not a costume. That's not right. a costume. You're right. not walking around trying to get candy with a mask. If you're going right. out, put on a costume. You, you guys have that same wants- conversation. He wants to wear his Madonna foot. He wants to wear his Madonna football jersey. I said, "What are you supposed to be? I'm a football player. I've watched you play. No, the fuck you're not. Take it off, right?" <laughs> so what I'm going to do? So what we do is we just stay home and wait for all the kids to come to the neighborhood. And what I give away, Jim? I give away two things. I give away Cooler Park comic books and full size Snickers. Because Ooh, every year Halloween, yeah. I forget it's coming, and I wind up at the goddamn Safeway buying all the grocery store candy that's next to the checkout aisle. I just, like, rip it all into, into a bin. I'm like, just give me all this right here. And I give out full-size candy bars until oh, I'm out. Oh, hell yes. Best house in the neighborhood. Now, for those who don't He's, know, what are the comics about? Which comic books? Oh, so I, I wrote a comic book called um, uh, Kulapari, An Army of Frogs. And I post, I, I produced and... The second season of the TV show comes out November 20th on Netflix. First season's out now. Awesome. And um, we did, um, we printed some digital comics and published some comics. Not digital, but real comic books. Like, we sold a bunch of them. So, yeah, so I give out those. I give out anything I have laying around. Like, one year I gave out uh, some, like, old football memorabilia. I was like, hey, you want one of these? The kid was like, sure. <laughs> so, you take that. I don't want that. Trick or freaking <laughs> treat. I love it. Trevor, you mentioned Andre Agassi. You're a huge tennis guy. We talk tennis on this podcast. Have you met Andre? Do you know him at all? I he, do not. He's one of my I favorite athletes not. ever. He's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know him. I'm starting to get to know um, some of the y- younger American guys now. You see him at like IMG, and you see him practicing that type of thing. So I'm seeing some of them. So funny enough, so the the city open here in DC, right? Every year we always go because one day Kari's on a plane. It one day. I don't know when, but one day. But we go to watch the guys practice, and if you stay in a certain place, um, you'll get to walk past there. And I called a tennis, uh, I called two matches last year for Tennis Channel, right? Hmm. So I'm I'm standing next to the goddamn door, and friggin' John Isner walks out. Now I know he's six, I know he's seven foot tall, but what you don't realize is how wide his back is, or uh, like Alexander Zverev, who's you know 20 years old and six foot six. I thought I was six foot six, Jim. I'm not six foot six. Cause this kid is towering over me, hmm. and I'm like. Well, well, like, what well, you know, you know how fearful I was of people. Like, I put fear in people's heart. This dude is like towering over me, and like they just kept filing out like an all-white basketball team, just six six and six eight and six nine and seven foot. And I'm like, well, at what point did you realize your athleticism wouldn't let you play basketball, <laughs> and you decided to do this? Because here's a tennis. This is the truth. If you're a boy, if you can't shoot. Or tackle or hit a baseball, you're a tennis player. That's just the truth. That those are facts. I don't care what anybody says. Any kid playing tennis in high school is because he can't play anything. No, else. dude, tennis is I'm hard. Sorry. No, I, I don't know. Tennis is tougher than that. It's not that easy. You don't just no, pick up a racket. No, it's, t- it's tougher than that at the higher levels. At the higher level, the, but one of the best athletes in the world is Novak Djokovic. Uh-huh. Period. Speed, strength, flexibility, um, stamina. Yeah, he's willing to suffer, as he says. The one that, him and Rafa Nadal are two of the best athletes in the world and could have played anything. Like Novak Djokovic, if he was born in Cleveland, Ohio, he'd be a professional corner. There's no question in my mind. Huh. I'm talking about the kids I see at my at my kids' school right now. I'm like, there's a reason you're out here and not on a soccer field. There's a good reason. What, what and was, I'm seeing it now as you chase the ball. What What was your point about he had a willingness to suffer? Is that what you said? Oh yeah, you, you didn't read. Oh yeah, five and a half hours. Him and Rafa Nadal going at it at um Australian Open. Yep. It's it's a hundred and two degrees. They are playing full speed. Five hours later, they couldn't stand during the trophy presentation to bring them two chairs. He says he he says all the time you have to be willing to suffer. Jim, think about it like this. There was a reason I love tennis. Tennis is a last true gladiator sport. We're gonna play till one of us wins or one of us quits. That's what we're gonna do. I, I, there's no time limit. I think that there's, I think that's I romantic, but you know what I think is even more of a gladiator sport. The one I talked to Sean Merriman about today. He came in studio, bare knuckle fighting. 
Now that's yeah, a gladiator well, yeah. sport. That's, that's not a gladiator sport. That's being a gladiator. That's a little. That's a wee bit different. I think I speak for everybody when I say this, and I think most of you know this already, but there is nothing like going to a live event. You're constantly watching games on TV. Maybe you're waiting on your favorite band. There is nothing like seeing an event live. Vivid Seats understands this. You see, with Vivid Seats, you can watch your favorite team. You can see your favorite artists, and you can see it in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concert, theater, and more. And Vivid offers amazing prices and an easy purchasing experience every single time. Check this. With the podcast code RPO, Rome Price Opinion, RPO, you can receive 10% off your first purchase with Vivid Seats. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. New customers, first-timers, can enter the promo code RPO, Rome Price Opinion, and receive 10% off your order. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee, so you have nothing to ever concern yourself with. It's the best process and the best experience possible. So if you're looking for a night out and you want to see your favorite band, or maybe you want to go see your favorite team, use Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Vivid Seats. Time now for One Man's Fantasy where Jim and Trevor tell you what one man you have to add to your fantasy team this week. One man's fantasy. Let's help some people out. Let's find that one guy on the waiver wire that they should go out and add to their fantasy teams. I've got mine locked and loaded, but you always get to go first. Who do you like this week? Isn't it obvious that Fitzmagic is back? Isn't it obvious? That's who I'm going. Listen, the Jameis Winston thing, I don't know where they go from here, right, with him. Because I think what their best their best thing to do is to kind of shut him down for the season. And let's figure this thing out later on. You still have one year left. You'll play in a franchise tag or whatever that last year is. It's not going to be that much money. It'll be $18 million or whatever it is. And we'll, we'll start this thing over next year. So I think that Fitzmagic is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the year. The other thing you got to realize when you watch them play, when I watch them play, are they calling different plays when he's in the game? Because when Fitzmagic is in the game, people are running wide the fuck open. Hmm. Like any any QB would have made that throw. Any I, I, I know a thousand of them that can make that throw, including the kid that plays at a local high school. Could have made that, could have made that throw because Michael, um, the, the receiver, was – he was – Evans was wide open. There was nobody around them. So whatever differences they see between – Fitzpatrick and see between Winston there's a different part of the playbook called the Fitzmagic part and that's the plays they're going to run and I think he's going to have a great eight weeks all right Fitzmagic in the event they keep him that long in that situation then he could go on that run once again I'm going to go Trevor with wide receiver DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers well done he just had his best game of his rookie career he went off for 129 yards against a really good Baltimore defense and with Torrey Smith out he did a great job, I thought, of getting Cam Newton's trust yesterday. Next week, he's got an ideal matchup against Tampa Bay, who just got torched by Bengal wideouts, namely my third, my week three pick, Tyler Boyd. So you're welcome for that. You're welcome for more. You'll be thanking, for me, thanking me soon enough. Really quickly, Trevor, makes me think, DJ Moore, you and I spoke earlier this year on this podcast about Maryland. Did you see that report that Maryland reportedly was showing their players videos during meals, among other things, of people getting drills in the eye? You know, animals eating animals, but the drill bit to the eye. Have you heard that? And how would that motivate a young player? It doesn't, man. That shit's that revolting, is, man. That is, that is fucking nonsense. I, like, are we still doing this? It's kind of like the whole thing is like, you know, remember when the, the principal said, oh, you know, Deshaun Watson doesn't make great great decision because he's a black quarterback. Like, are we still doing this? In 2018, we're, we're still showing, you know, people getting drilled in the eye and we're eating glass? <laughs> is that what's, that's what's hot in the streets? Apparently, are you, are you apparently, that, <laughs> apparently in Maryland, yes, reportedly. I'm like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I've said this, I've said this time and time again. Maryland is not the program for that. That school is in College Park. That school is near D.C. The last thing that you you expect when you talk about Maryland, even as a state, is football. It's not it's not a foot. I live here. It's not a football state. 
It is a lacrosse state. It is somewhat a basketball state. They're very good at it. But Maryland is not a football powerhouse where you watch all the high schools play. And you're like, boy, these, these schools are full of professional players. No, they're not. No, they're not. And I'm not. That's not a, that's not a slight on the people. I love the people around here, but that is just the truth. It is not Florida. It is not Texas. It is not California. It is not Georgia. It is not those places. So that being said, to try to manufacture that kind of thing where it doesn't exist, you wind up showing animals eating animals at dinner. Jesus Christ, man. Are you fucking for real? Trevor, uh, I understand why you're so angry. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. That- well, and, oh, Jim, oh, Jim I'm, I'm angry because the kid that died, I knew. Yeah, right. Right. That's, remember, remember, I, that's why exactly right. That's why I'm angry. That kid has been to my house. Yeah. Well, that's a different. I don't even want to go down that road again. But I, I knew the kid. No, I understand and that. He was same age as same age as my daughter, and he was at my house for prom. He was here. Jordan been there, stepped in foot of my uh, house, and he's uh, like, he's always like, hey, Mr. Price, how are you? Every day, every time I saw. I want to be very clear about this, Trevor. I did not ask you that with that in mind, but I should have oh, recalled that because you, we did have that conversation. I just, I was so blown away by the notion that that sort of thing would go on there or anywhere else. But again, right, because right, I'm trying to figure I know, out. I know that you know that. I, you knew that kid. Of course, right. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm trying. My thing is, what does that do? Right. Because let me tell, let me tell you what it does do. Let me tell you what it does do. Anytime, especially at the NFL level, and maybe sometimes at college level, it, 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 when you start giving out false motivated things like that, people, your players start to laugh at you. You may think it does something, but all it does is make them laugh and snicker and look at each other like, what the fuck was that? I mean, they think the same way. We all think the same way, Jim. We all think the same way, no matter what level. Like, what the hell was that? What's the point of that? You so know like, what I mean? So, like, Trevor, at the end of the game, when you think you've got nothing left and you've got to somehow summon the strength to make a play, you won't think back to that video you saw of a guy <laughs> getting a drill in the eyeball? Yeah, right. It's like, oh, drill an eyeball. Let me go drill somebody into the ground. That's not the way that works. You know, ever since I started doing this podcast, people have been hitting me up for advice. Typically, who do you like, Rome? Who do you have, Rome? Who's going to win this week? The truth is, my guess, frankly, is as good as yours, unless you really do know. And if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. This is why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are the best bet this season. They have been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is so easy to use. My bookie, you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, they have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy players, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Yeah, I said it, dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Rome and activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and do not forget to use the promo code Rome. Create your account, claim up to one thousand dollars in free play. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. And now, prices picks. All right, let's get to Price's Picks. Now, Trevor, one thing I've learned since doing this podcast with you is you always, always, always keep it real. So do not hate me for keeping it real because right now i got to be real. Right now you are ice cold with your picks. <laughs> Trevor, th- two weeks ago you were 6-3-1 and one, and you were killing it and you were on top of the world. Today you're 6-7-1. and one. So the only, Oh, Jesus The Christ. only thing hotter than a heater is fading a cooler, but I don't want to do that. I want you to get back to your winning ways, and so do all the people, and I know you do too. Let's do it. Tonight, Patriots at the Bills. Tom Brady v. Derek Anderson. No surprise here, but this is going to be the biggest spread that you've picked against so far. Pats are giving 14 on the road. 14. So who do you have? Uh, okay. Let, let, let me go back. Let me go back a little bit. Okay. So the, the whole what has happened to me in my picks is this. I've gone from goat to toad. You know what toad means, Jim? That one awful dude. That's what my daughter has coined that term. Copyright Cameron Price. I am now the toad. I am about to get back to being the goat, though, because I am picking Buffalo to cover. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. I'm picking them to cover. The Pats have had two weeks. Buffalo's also had had two weeks, right? The Pats are a winning football team. This This is old hat for them. 
I think Buffalo throws the goddamn kitchen sink at them like they did in Minnesota. I think they find a way to play the way they did in Minnesota and shock the shit out of uh, uh, Patriots by losing by only three points. The Patriots are going to win the same way Green Bay beat the 49ers, but it will not be by 14 points. Are you a Give toad or a narp or both? Uh, toad, I'm a toad narp. narp uh, or that both. one awful dude that's now a normal ass regular person. You know what I love? I love the thing about legalized gambling and gaming now that you can make a statement like, they're going to shock the world and only lose by three. <laughs> so good. It's the it's best, so good. It? All right. So, Buffalo plus 14. I hope that's the one to break the streak. Now, let's go ahead and look at Thursday Night Football. What a game. Raiders, <laughs> Niners. Raiders, Niners. Raiders getting three on the road. Niners giving three at home. One of the worst games I think I've ever seen on paper, but it's your job to pick them. Who you got, Trevor? I'm, I'm going to pick that we cancel the game. That's, let me start yeah, there. Is I, that I'm possible? Can we flex that game off the schedule altogether? <laughs> off the schedule. Uh, not I don't, different talk, I don't not mean off TV. Point. I mean let's, off the schedule. Let's just make it a bye week. Right. <laughs> but but we can't. Gonna let us do that. But we can't. We can't. Give me Oakland. And here's the reason why. And one reason. At least they still have their starting quarterback. Is, is that worth three points, four points? I really don't fucking know, right? Because, again, we watched San Francisco put it on Green Bay's ass until the Magic Man, they gave too much time to the Magic Man. Understand that. But the other side of the, uh, of the, t- uh, of, of the coin is the Raiders don't have a Magic Man. The Raiders have a guy that I think is going to be unemployed here in about eight months. So, therefore, I am going to take Oakland only because, only because of that quarterback. I think Carr has a decent enough game and doesn't throw five picks and doesn't get Jamie Winston and, and, and bench. And I think they win by the four points or whatever it is. And the score, again, is going to be four to two. Or, I mean, 10 to six or, you know, 17, 12 or something ridiculous. Five to like. three. Three yeah, it's going to be something ridiculous. There's it a really lot of that going on this weekend. All right, so just to recap, you've got the Bills plus 14. You've got Oakland plus three. If you're right on both those, then you're up to eight, seven, and one when we do this again. And then you're right back in business. And for those who don't know, we will do this again because we do this every single Monday during the NFL season. You want to make sure that you subscribe and these episodes will hit you when you're listening automatically. And on top of that, make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. I'm at Jim Rome. He's at Trevor underscore Price. You want to make sure you spell Price with a Y. Hit us both up with all things RPO. Trevor, you've gotten better every single week. That was my favorite episode so far. I had no idea. And on this Monday, you had that many stories. Oh, man, every stories. day. I thought I got big time by Justin Tucker. What do we think is going to happen every week? If you keep going back to that facility, I bet that's not the only time it happens. <laughs> you should Amazing. go back, man. You should go back. Push all your chips to the center. See if anybody there knows you. Eric Weddle would know you, man. He's great. T. Sizzle would know you. Hey, you, know, you know who else I run into all the time? Who? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. I run into Sorry him all to the time that. because, Jim again, or John. the privacy. John, you mean. John. John. I'm sorry, John Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They're my best friend. Yeah. So I run to John all the time because his daughter and my daughter are the same age. So they, we, they would play against each other in soccer and, and basketball and whatever. You know what I mean? My, my kid didn't play um, uh, spring sport because she went back to soccer again. But I see him all the time in all the games, all the time. And we talk all the effing time. You the rest like of him? them have no fucking clue. Do you like him? Oh, yeah, I do. And we, we had our issues I, I think he liked me when we first got there because i come from a different team and and believe me when i first got to the ravens dude it was like i had never heard players talk to a coach the way they talked to brian billick i was like jesus h christ give me an example real but, quick before you go like how uh, uh, ed reed told brian Billick we lost our first game against uh, uh cincinnati bengals story time we lost our first game against cincinnati bengals my second year in, in baltimore in 2008 or something like that and they were having a walkthrough, and they threw the ball, and Ed Reed yells out, run the ball, you big-head motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> just, man. Oh, my God, man. I was just like, what is going on? And, and, and then I said something in a paper when John first got hired. Somebody asked me about John. I said, look, you may not respect the man, but you always got to respect the office. And he thought, he thought he, 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 like, I saw him walking into a building one time. He's like, man, you stabbed me right in the back. I was like, no. I said, John, you had no idea what was happening here before you got here. You have no idea. 
You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to Trevor, I'm trying to play, be political and trying to be. But he's a he's a he's a good guy. He's a good coach. Trevor, what? Before I sign off, I have to know what did that quote "big head motherfucker" say when Ed Reed said that to him? But no, first of all, he was far enough away. I don't think he heard it, but he heard it because we were in an indoor facility, so he heard it enough. You know what I mean? Like he heard it, but I think it said that that they were. They were really um, upset about losing that game because her, their whole thing was, and Rex, you said all the time, we're gonna play the def- we're gonna play defense and run the ball. And my thing was, you can't win in the NFL playing defense and running the goddamn ball. Like you can't do that. Not in this NFL. You, and this was back in 2008. You can't. That's not the way the game works anymore. That's not the way the game is played, right? So, but that's what they want because we threw a ball. We threw a ball when I think we should have run the ball against Cincinnati, and because we didn't run it and give it to Jamal Lewis, we lost. And I'm like, that's not the reason we lost. We lost because we gave up 24 points. Hmm. That's why we fucking lost. Hmm. I mean, sometimes you got to be honest with people, and, and honesty is the best thing, man. See, like I said, the thing I know about you already, when you and I used to talk when you played, and now that we do this podcast every single week, is that you like to keep it real. The RPO. Trevor, that was so fun. That was awesome. Great job. I hope you nail this pick, and then you nail your next pick, and then you're right back on top at 8-7-1. and one. But one game at a time, I will look for you tonight when you start to blow my phone up, and great job today. <laughs> Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all listening. I know Trevor does as well. Find him on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. And we will see y'all next Monday. We're both out.